As you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Come on, would you give it up for the bishop as he comes to preach for us tonight? Give our pastor a hand. Don't we have an amazing pastoral team? I love my church, amen? So this month we've been talking about Bible greats, the great stories of the Bible, and I was tasked and blessed with bringing the story of the Queen of Sheba. And I said, God, help me. And he did. So I got, how, you, how many of you know that God shows up? Amen. So um, I'm just going to jump right into the word, if that's okay with you guys. I want to turn to the book of Matthew, 5th chapter, 6th verse. Matthew, 5th chapter, 6th verse. Amen. And it reads, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word today, God. Father God, we ask, Lord, that you just come into this place, touch our hearts, prepare us to hear what the Spirit is saying. In your Son, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. When me and Aminga got married... We were both going to two different churches, and, you know, we decided we get married. We're going to, you know, find our own church, and we're going to go to church together. And it was good, so we found this cool little church. And, you know, to make friends, we decided that we were going to invite people over for dinner. Well, there's two different cooks in my house, all right? Aminga is the practical cook. I mean, Aminga can cook a meal that will last for our family and feed the state over for the next month. I mean, when money is low, she knows how to cook a meal that's going to last, all right? And the kids are talking about, we having rice and beans again? She's like, no, we having beans and rice tonight, okay? That's how Minga cooks. But see, me, I'm more of the five-star chef in the family, all right? My meals are perfection, okay? It's, it, it's good. It's good stuff, y'all. The problem with my meals are I make little plates, because my meals cost money, okay? So we invited these people over for dinner. They come over, and, you know, everybody eats, and everybody's having a great time. And I noticed that everybody gets up and leaves at the same time. I'm like, wow, they left pretty quickly. Come to find out the next week, they all left my house and went to Burger King. I was so offended. And every time they came to my house to eat, they pregame before they came. Especially if they found out I was cooking. Look, sometimes you got to cook just enough. I ain't trying to, 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 
you know, make them fat. I was just trying to keep them alive. But there's nothing like going to some, going out to eat and going to someone's house and leaving hungry. And Jesus in the book of Matthew tells them, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he attaches a promise to that. He said, if you thirst and you are thirsting for righteousness, then guess what? You will be filled. He says, you will be filled. You're hungry and you're seeking after him. Believe you're going to find him. And maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you are looking and you've been searching and you're not exactly sure what you've been searching for, but you know that there's something missing and you're hungry for something. I want you to know that tonight's the night. That if you are hungry and you're thirsting for righteousness, then God will feed you. And the more you try to fill it with drugs and alcohol, the hungrier you get. And the more you try to fulfill it with sex, the more unfulfilled you are. Do you remember the day that you, you, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That day, I mean, just the, the feeling when you walked away, feeling full and hungry at the same time. How is that possible? How can I be full and hungry at the same time? Because you're hungry for more, but you're full of that love. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we forget that feeling. And we get caught up in the really religiosity of it all. You know, we go to church on Monday for women's and then on Tuesday for men's meeting and then on Wednesday for Bible study and then on Friday for crossroads and then Saturday we come for a prayer meeting and then Sunday we stay for two services and then we might have to stay later on that night for marriage for life. And then sometimes we just get mixed up in it all and we start forgetting that this is about this journey that we're trying to get closer to God and we start thinking it's about the social aspect of it all. Hope you don't mind if I preach. And we begin to miss the mark. Because we continue being religious. And the church can become this social hour, right? It can become a social hour full of religious banter. And people come to the church for many reasons. Jesus Christ knew it. When people were following him all up and down the, the Galilee, guess what? He knew that they weren't just following him because they believed him. Some of them were following because they liked the way he talked. He talked with so much power and authority. But then some were following him because they were waiting on the next fish sandwich. Okay, some people were hungry and they liked the way he fed them afterwards. And then we do the same thing. You know, we come to church for many different reasons. Some of us come to church to meet people. Some of us come to church for the social aspect. And we come because we need help raising our bad kids. Or some come to church because they are looking for a fish sandwich. But we all come to church for many different reasons. So it's the people that come to church that are hungry is who God is talking to. And when you look in Matthew 12, chapter 38, verse, Jesus talking to the religious class, the scribes and the Pharisees, they have a question for him. He says, then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, teacher, we wish us to see a sign from you. But he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was in was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, 
so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at judgment with the generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus tells them that the men and the women of Nineveh will rise up and cast judgment. Because they didn't have what you have. They, they didn't have me to walk around with them. They did not have that. All they had was a crazy fish man. Somebody's writing that down, crazy fish man. But all they had was Jonah. But that was okay. Because that's all they needed. And to be totally honest with you, if I saw a fish spit a man up on a well, I would be saved. But these are not your average people on the street. These are a religious class. They're in the church four to five times a week, and they don't even know Jesus. They don't even know what they're looking at. They're in the presence of God. And they're blind to what's right in front of their face. Too many of us are living that exact same way. Coming four to five times a week, but lacking in hunger. Hunger for God's word. Hunger for God's people. Hunger for change. That's why Jesus tells them in Luke 10, he says, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Not because the disciples saw anything different than everyone else. It's because they believed. And the hunger forced them to believe. Jesus goes on, he says, and the queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. At first glance, this seems out of place. What are you talking about, Jesus? But they would have known that Jesus was referring to the Old Testament scripture. That he was talking about the queen of Sheba. A pagan queen that sought King Solomon. But what is, Jesus, what is it that Jesus wants to know? And how can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this conversation that something that happened over a thousand years before Jesus' conversation with these Pharisees and a lifetime away from where we are right now, how do I apply it to my life? So let's dig deeper into this amazing woman's journey. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn to the chapter of 1 Kings, 10th chapter. We read about the Queen of Sheba. And according to Jewish and Islamic traditions, she was the ruler of the kingdom of Saba, or Sheba, in the southwestern re region of Arabia. I think I have a map. If you look down here, the right-hand side where it says Sheba, if you... No, that is right now, that's the current country of Yemen and Oman. Yemen and Oman is in that area. Here's a lady that traveled on the back of camels from there all the way to where you see Jerusalem. Because she was hungry. The story provides evidence for the existence of important commercial and relations between ancient Israel and Arabia. And according to the Bible, the purpose of her visit 
was to seek Solomon's wisdom. And it reads, now the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. She came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon in the house that he built and the food on his table, the seating of his officials and the attendance of his servants and their closing, his cupbearers and the burnt offering, and he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom. But I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and your prosperity surpassed the reports that I heard. Happy are your men. Happy are your servants. And continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, he has made you king that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. So there's three main characteristics that I want to focus on tonight. Three characteristics of the queen of Sheba that I think are important to us now and then. One, she was a queen that humbled herself to be uncomfortable. The trip would have been dangerous, not alone for a man, but for a woman carrying the wealth that she was carrying. The trip would have taken two years on the back of camels. But she was willing to be uncomfortable because she was hungry. I recently was sick and we had to go to the emergency room. And the nurse came up to me and she said, well, we're going to need to take blood and you're going to need an IV. So Aminga gets up and she automatically grabs my arm because she knows that I've been known to punch and pass out at the sight of a needle. Don't judge me. Okay, you don't know what I've been through. So she gets up and grabs my arm. But at that point, I was like, take it. I don't care. I was so sick, I didn't even move. She stuck me four times. She couldn't find a vein. I'm not bitter. But she couldn't find a vein. I didn't even move one time because I was so sick, I just wanted help. And people come to the church, and they're hungry for something, and they're hurting, and they need something. And they don't care what the music sounds like. And they don't care what I came in with. They don't care what I have on. They just want help. They just want help. Her hunger made her willing to endure the two-year trip on the back of camels because she was hungry for more. And when you stop being hungry, you stop wanting to be uncomfortable for God. Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Because in comparison, Jesus tells the Pharisees that this lady, this woman took a trip that took 2,000, took two years 
And I'm standing right here and you won't even hear me. She was willing to be uncomfortable. Two, she came seeking wisdom. She came seeking wisdom. Look, it's easy to get caught up thinking that she came to see Solomon. But the truth is she came seeking wisdom. She came seeking answers. She came seeking the purpose that only you could find in God. If you're single and you're looking for a husband, don't get caught up in looking at the things that he has and the things that he doesn't have. Get caught up in the God that gave it to him. Because if he loves God, then that is what you want to be drawn to. She wasn't drawn to all the stuff. Yes, she was impressed. She saw his crib. She was like, wow, this is nice, bro. She walked in his closet. She said, man, your kicks, your shoe game is tight, bro. But she says, blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, he has made you king. She never lost the wonder. She never forgot that, yes, you look good. Yes, everything is great. But it's your God that I'm attracted to. She came in with a wonder, a childlike wonder. And sometimes we miss that and we forget. And you want to know how to stay hungry. You don't want to lose the wonder. And every time I walk in the church, I'm looking for the wonder of God. I'm looking for the people. I'm looking for the smiles on the faces. I'm looking for the people that have been saved and delivered from the toughest things in their life. And I find the wonder in God. Keep the childlike wonder. Don't just come to church. Don't just come here for the social aspect. But come to dig deeper. Come to learn. Take a class. Dig deeper into the word. Paul talks about this in Acts 17 chapter. He talks about the Bereans. He says, wow, these guys, every time I come to them, they make me dig deeper. Because they're searching the word so hard. When you're searching the word, you make us search the word. You make us dig deeper and look for answers. She came looking for wisdom. She came looking for the wisdom that only God could give. Three, she left with a praise. Here's this pagan woman that couldn't understand how a man could have one God when she was in a polytheistic world. But he had one God, and he was the wisest man on earth. She was confused. And she left with a praise. By the end of the trip, she was praising the one God. I need you to know that people are watching your testimony. They're watching how you deal with adversity. They're watching how you deal with your kids. And they're learning. And they're finding out how and exactly what is it about you and what is it about your God that makes you want to follow him. She had a praise in her heart. God gave you the ability to go through trouble with grace when others would have been broken. Others couldn't take your testimony. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. 
Jesus makes the point to tell the religious class that this woman who dared to be uncomfortable, learned about the wisdom and had a wonder for God, heard God's voice through a man and left a believer. This is our story also. We came seeking and found God. He cared about us and he made us hungry. The problem comes when we don't remain the seeker. The problem comes when we come to church and we sit down and we cross our legs and we cross our arms and we expect to be entertained. And we're no longer hungry for God's word. No hunger in our preaching. No hunger in our worship. No hunger in our praise. Jesus doesn't just stop there. He begins to explain more of it. And this is where I started digging deep. God is like, I was like, God, what are you telling me? He says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says that I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will be with this evil generation. What are you saying to me, Jesus? Jesus is describing a spiritual principle. He spoke of a person that had been freed from some of the worst things in his life, free of an evil spirit, free of addiction, free of drugs and alcohol, free of sexual addiction. only to find that they weren't hungry anymore. He came to a church and was set free from his drugs and alcohol, and his marriage was restored. And that was a victory, but he didn't stay in victory. He didn't stay in hunger. He moved into a place of complacency because he didn't stay hungry. As a Christian, we're in danger of becoming dry, dry religious zombies going here and there looking for an experience of God. Never hungry, just needing an experience. Jesus describes how that if that person didn't take action, if he didn't change, if he didn't find that hunger that saved him in the beginning, that the evil spirits and the evil influences would come back. The people, places, and things will return. If you didn't fill it with God, then guess what? You are on your way back to disaster. And the state of that person is worse because they lost the hunger. This is why this story is so important. She walked away feeling full and hungry at the same time. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the next chapter says, and Solomon turns away from God. Because what produced an awe and inspired her to follow God turned him away. Because when everything is going well, and it's nice and it's beautiful, we can forget that the God that gave us peace 
is greater than that peace. Then the God that gave us financial blessings is the God of the blessing. And we forgot and he got caught up in his own stuff. And she left hungry and full and he was empty. This is the danger that we all face. God wants us to stay hungry. He wants to stay hungry for him. But we have become too dignified, too stuck up to give him the praise that he deserves, to stay hungry for his word, to stay seeking and searching after him. I implore you tonight that as the queen of Sheba left and took a two-year journey to find out more about God, Take that journey spiritually in your heart. Search out more. Learn more. God has so much more for you. And as I get ready to close, I believe that Jesus is giving us a look into why the wisest man in the world would fall. Solomon represented the same Pharisees that Jesus was talking to in Matthew. The priestly class adorned in robes and glitter. Looking good. Considered wise men. Decorated. In long robes and priestly garb. But there was no hunger for God. There was no thirst for his righteousness. And the relationship fell. And the enemy was able to sneak in and pull Solomon's heart away. Will you stand with me? I believe in my heart that we begin to miss the mark when we continue in religious work. No longer seeking after God's heart, but seeking after social status, seeking for friends, wanting to be popular. But in the inside, hurting. In the inside, feeling empty. And nobody knows the hell that you go through at home. They only see the smiles when you walk through the church. And in the inside, you're feeling empty. And you're so close from turning away and trying to, and thinking to myself, why? What does it even matter? want you to know that we serve a God that knows you by name and he loves you tonight and Jesus said he said blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness oh my God if you get this tonight he goes on to say 
that the enemy roams around in dry places. But if you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, you are not dry. You are not dry. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. We want to just open up the altar. If that's you tonight, and you're this close from turning away, you're this close from saying to myself, why am I even here? What does it even matter? I don't even want you to think about it. I need you to come to the altar tonight. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.